Welcome back to the Play and Practice podcast. I am so happy to be recording something new for you to hear this evening now that my P12 composite class is all settled in and I can think again about the podcast and the best way for us to share ideas. For us in foundation stage, we are already aware that it is the month of December. For some of our children, the excitement is already growing on the lead up to Christmas. Some of us have had to cancel nativities and Christmas plays, while other of us are filming, editing and finding new ways to share this celebration with our parents at home. Either way, we are all thinking at this time of the year, how can we be as inclusive as possible and making sure that all the children in our class can join in and have fun with some festivities and making sure they feel part of the class. We're thinking all about being anti-bias in our practice and our guest this evening is all about being inclusive in the classroom and in her other work. She is full of fun, kindness and warmth and she's ready to share some of her experiences to help us be inclusive at this time of the year in particular and throughout. Thank you very much, Katie, for the gorgeous introduction. Um, Yes, my name is Laura Fitzsimons and I am a primary school teacher. Um, I work in a lovely little school in Newton Abbey. Um, this year I'm the nursery teacher um, and I also do some sort of whole school work uh, running the school council and I did my PTC at Goldsmiths in London where I lived for about 12 years um, I taught and was a teaching assistant before that um, at a primary school on Brick Lane in East London um, which was a real eye-opener for me coming from a sheltered little Belfast upbringing um, and I moved back home to Belfast in 2018 and I've been trying to settle back in and get used to how different it is ever since. Which isn't easy coming back from England, is it? You know, you've you've been there, <laughs> done it as well. So during lockdown, I had noticed that um, lots of the online resources that schools were using weren't maybe as inclusive as they could be. And so I decided to set up Everyone Welcome Education. And the idea was that I would record assemblies which were inclusive, of everyone and we're welcoming for everyone um, and so I developed a couple of those and some online resources. I haven't really had a chance to do an awful lot since we went back to schools um, every teacher listening will know how hectic it is just being a teacher let alone doing anything else but in the new year I'm really hoping to kickstart that movement again and hopefully get some more teachers on board um, with inclusive welcoming education for all. Okay, so to get started then, first of all, looking at Nativity and the birth of Jesus and in and around that, I was looking at the SIA guidance for teaching religious education in foundation stage. And although there are no specific mentions to acting out the birth of Jesus with the Nativity, it is traditionally carried out by children and parents love to go and see their children in a play or Christmas performance. And so that has carried on right up until now. So my question when I first mentioned this podcast to Laura was, what do you do if some children are opting out of RE, opting out of Nativity? How can we make sure that they still feel included in our classroom in December? And what do they do whenever they are opting out? Okay, well, obviously, since we first sort of had a chat, I've thought about this a lot. Um, And my experience in London, I worked in it. Yeah, as I said already, I worked in a school on Brickley. And so about 98% of our children were of, British, Bangladeshi, Muslim heritage. Um, And still we did the nativity every year and it was a huge success. Um, No child ever opted out um, and everyone was included. 
then when I when I think about maybe families over here who for whatever reason want to withdraw their child from performing in the nativity I've been thinking about well why why is that happening here but it didn't happen in that particular school that I worked in in London and I think it, it was just it was a state school over there it wasn't a faith school or anything just a state school and being London obviously there were teachers from all around the world lots of our teaching assistants and support staff were from the local community and um, so it was a really really diverse place and I think that all the different experiences that the staff and the community brought to this gorgeous wee school right in the middle of London sort of informed the ethos of, of everything that we did so the nativity that we put on it was just telling a story a cultural story it was mm -hmm. never about um teaching children that this was the truth or teaching children that this is what must be believed um or teaching children that you know that sort of the nativity should be glorified or that anyone should be worshipped it was just retelling a, a sort of a culturally pertinent story and I think yep. maybe that the problem over here I guess is that the curriculum um, even though you know see us sort of say you, you can go beyond the curriculum and you can teach about different faiths and um, you know the curriculum is written by the four main Christian churches in Northern Ireland so it, it is a, a sort of a very Christian focused curriculum and yeah, I'd agree mm -hmm. and I think that maybe for some families who aren't Christian they maybe worry that the nativity will be teaching children that oh this is the truth or you should be worshipping um god or jesus or mary and joseph or whatever rather than it just being a story that everyone knows and and you know why shouldn't everyone know the story of the nativity it's it's really influenced our whole society our culture how everything has worked for the last i don't know centuries and just to add to that then on CS guidance they talk about learning from religion or learning for religion so just to feed into what you were saying there that when you were working in England it was very mixed what you were teaching about religion it wasn't one particular faith focused and um, perhaps whenever we're looking at what the foundation stage are being asked to learn it is very Christian focused that they're that they're looking at Mm -hmm. And maybe that is one of the, the reasons is that maybe some parents that are up tonight don't realise or have had an experience of a school where the children are not being told about what a faith believes, but are being told perhaps that this is what happens or parents are possibly worried that that might be their experience. So they're maybe just anxious about that feeding into their own children's lives and, and beliefs then. Yeah, and it's sort of a shame. Well, not sort of a shame. It is a shame because, well, the arts are an area for learning in the foundation stage. Um, and we know that time is so constricted and so tight when you're teaching in a school that quite a lot of the time the arts will be the first thing to be neglected, you know, because maybe they're not as important as maths or phonics or literacy. Um, and actually the arts is, I think, one of the most valuable ways um, for children to learn, for adults to learn, you know, for anyone to learn. It's such a great vehicle. And so if your child is being withdrawn from potentially the only opportunity they have in their P1 life to perform and to be part of a, a performing arts project, then they really are missing out on such a rich learning experience and, and yeah. a chance to develop so many skills. Now, I have to add, I grew up doing dance and drama and everything so I absolutely love it and when I've spoken to other people 
and they're you know we're not doing a nativity this year and they're going oh thank goodness for that because see people getting stressed about the christmas show and costumes and kids crying because they don't want to sing that song one more time and I'm going oh is that what it's like for you oh dear you know maybe if you don't have the skills or you don't really enjoy putting on a show then the nativity is stressful but yep. for me personally I've always absolutely loved it I think it's brilliant crack not the nativity but putting on any show and would be a great advocate for yes put on three shows a year it's brilliant there's so many skills involved so much learning goes on it's so rich go for it um so, you know, maybe if a child was in a school where the teachers were stressed, then it wouldn't be such a, a massive loss. Yeah, I bet it does have a different impact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, for me, but yeah, but for me, I think, oh gosh, you're going to miss out on so much. Um, so it'd be really good to, I don't know, in some way unpack a wee bit more. What is it that parents are afraid of? Mm-hmm. And could they communicate with their schools? Like we feel uncomfortable because we... We don't trust that this is going to be sort of impartial. Yep. We think that you're going to try and convince my child that it's the truth and that there's definitely opportunity for the nativity to be inclusive um, and and to be something, a sort of a cultural experience that everyone can take part in. In my own school, just on what you were saying there about communication with parents, because we are aware of a very diverse group of children across our foundation stage we have asked every parent you know would they be happy with their children participating in the nativity and explain to them that we would be sharing this is a story that is very important to christians we wouldn't be teaching children that they had to believe in this or anything like that mm-hmm. and we had some parents that decided that they wouldn't like their children to be involved in that so as a staff then we decided to find an alternative play and we decided to put on a Christmas play, which we can talk about more about alternatives later on. But just to say that we have got the play going on where the children will all be involved and they're singing and dancing and, and acting, a bit of mime in there. But um, each class then, we're going to do that across the whole foundation stage, but but each class will then, um, through their RE learning, learn a like a traditional religious song, perhaps something like Away in a Manger or just something like that, mm-hmm. so that as part of their RE, they can still hear some of this, we're calling them special songs, Some he- hear some of the special songs um, for that faith. Uh, if they have opted into RE, to show them a little bit more of the religious side of it so that they still are meeting, you yes. know, the, the guidance for RE. And as well as that, even more importantly, it's an opportunity for them, for, for everyone in, in your class, you know, to discover what we have in common and what, what is unique to some people and isn't shared by others you know all yeah, that of, course. of similarities and differences is so important to foster like intercultural understanding and positive relationships we can't just live in a bubble in an echo chamber and, and only ever experience what our family thinks um so it's brilliant that you do have a, a diverse range of, of backgrounds in your class what a gift it really is and like for different times of the year um, well, last year, I suppose, this year, there haven't been so many yet. Um, anytime there's a special festival for someone's faith in the classroom, we have, well, Twinkle PowerPoints are really good because they <laughs> yeah. seem to have so many, to be honest, and I would use one of those. But also we would use um, CBBs or, yes. or something like that, those wee video clips, and I would yeah, like, wait till you see what this family does. And 
especially like last year showing the children some things around Hanukkah and then later on Eid like they were just dying to try some of the foods and all you know but it was special to someone and that person hopefully went home to tell their families that all about how their special beliefs everybody else was enjoying listening about so just so lovely and reassuring love it but I do think that's I know that you know, say I would encourage other teachable moments in the classroom. But I think mm-hmm. in foundation stage, because we have the um, freedom to kind of um, teach in the moment kind of plan in it. Mm-hmm. And if that's come up, it's come up. So perhaps foundation stage is where it could happen more easily than further up the school. Um, so when I did teach in England, some of the children would opt out of assembly or opt out of RE actually, but even assembly. And we did daily worship every single morning there was daily worship um for those children up tonight there was a, a library outside the assembly hall and they spent the time looking through books and there was an adult with them and there was talking about their books so they almost had an extra guided reading or more explorative reading time somebody was with them and they enjoyed it mm-hmm. this in when i've been working here as someone's up tonight again somebody an adult will stay with the child they'll maybe go out maybe they're playing with some toys or something like that they're not exactly getting the same worship time or um, additional religious education time you know mm-hmm. they're they're being given something completely alternative uh, whereas anyone who's participating in the assembly might get a little bit more of um, an education on the religion or the faith those children that are being um taken to the library or to the playroom they maybe are missing out Mm -hmm. so I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on what to do if the children are opting out of not just nativity but opting out of perhaps assembly or RE lessons well I think it's really something that school and the department of education have to give some proper thought to and hopefully the um this independent review of education will pick up on some of those points um, if they hear them from the right people and really consider it because really no there shouldn't really ever be a point in the school day where children are just being minded I suppose now Mm -hmm. the library happy days that sounds great they're reading books and and there's somebody with them Um, but really there's another opportunity for a really rich learning experience that isn't being fulfilled because why there's no good reason for it really you know um and ideally you would have all children in an assembly together learning about doesn't have to be about faith uh, you know even a range of faiths it could be your pdmu curriculum or i know some schools do paths um maybe a paths assembly or a celebration assembly or a rights respect in schools assembly you know there's so many brilliant ways that you can have inclusive assemblies about any topic at all that's that's relevant um, to mm-hmm. children and to education so uh, really hopefully things will move towards that in the future where we, we don't have a situation where people are being withdrawn until that point I would suggest that another teacher led a different assembly a secular assembly um, that would maybe still touch on PDMU or could even say you know in in the other assembly those children today are learning about whatever it is Easter or Advent because that's what's important to them and I'm going to explain to you why that's important to them so it's not they're still learning they're still getting that um content and that input about what these festivals mean to some people but they're not being 
taught that this is what's true for everyone mm-hmm. so yeah I think at my little boy he's due to start p1 next year um I'm a humanist um and my husband is non-religious and my little boy you know is just a little a little child and he can decide whatever he wants to be when he's older um but he is doing the nativity in nursery next week and it's because I have spoken to his teachers and I really trust that it's a retelling of a story now when he goes to p1 next year I'm I'm not feeling quite as confident about what what's going to happen but my hope would be that if I withdrew him from um a Christian worship assembly that there would be a qualified teacher leading an assembly for him and other children like him that was secular uh, and inclusive and educational because I don't want him to just be sitting at, not really doing anything for 20 minutes when he could actually be doing something educational. Yes, which is totally fair. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. In school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For up to night of RE lessons, um, would you have any thoughts on RE being taught perhaps like how you'd said with the assembly so maybe some of them would be learning about faiths um learning for religion in some school some children would be learning just about that um maybe a moral social and moral re kind of curriculum that would be lovely and then but then you almost feel sorry for the children that aren't having that experience Mm -hmm. you know the ones that are in the the traditional re class you're sort of going oh you're missing out on a chance to to learn about a diverse range of faiths, mm-hmm. you know, or or to touch on maybe some social and moral issues that are, of course, going to be relevant to them as well. And I know that resources are so tight in schools too. You know, you don't have an army of spare teachers running about going, oh, I'll, I'll put away assembly on, that's no problem. Um, but maybe some creative thinking by, by schools and by staff, you could really get around that and you could have a lovely inclusive experience. Our assemblies are used for things like we. I'll do the Panzer Private Assembly for oh, NSPCC, yeah. uh-huh. or another teacher will read um the books "Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus" and talk oh, about yeah. how to cope with anger and feelings, um <laughs> or we'll do other um stories all about friendships and you know if when we had assemblies now obviously not this year but when mm-hmm. we had assemblies they really did take a focus on for the foundation stage and key stage one children at least on how to be a better friend, how to cope with your feelings and celebrate. And we also had like pupil of the month and things like that. We had celebration assemblies a lot. Uh Sometimes any collective worship possibly was in the form of a visitor coming to school. Now, less and less of this has happened over the past few years. And especially with COVID, we haven't had any. But perhaps there was somebody came from like Stand By Me used to come in and the children would find out how the charity had helped others. Maybe there would be a prayer at the end of it. Um, but not everyone was in, in our assembly. Like I said, it's an integrated school. Mm-hmm. There was no expectation for everyone to pray. And I think because of the ethos of our school, that is where there is a difference. Is we're, not, we're not making anyone do anything that they're kind yeah. of uncomfortable with. Not that I'm saying other schools are forcing children to pray. I don't, I don't mean that. I just want people to realise that in an integrated school it is a little bit different in that way um but also the staff themselves felt like we are assemblies if they were going to be in assembly we wanted them to get something from it that was truly going to help their relationship building or um their behavior and their experiences out in the playground or something like that so it was a great a great time for people to get one message all together yeah and i do love an assembly 
you know, if I'm delivering one, I do feel a wee bit nervous about it beforehand. But there is something lovely about every all those all the pupils getting together in one place and having that sense of community. Um, yeah, totally. So yeah. Nice, you know, and we have really missed that um, this year. And just you were saying there, Katie, about having visitors into school. Very often those, I think, in, in many schools, they are visitors from local churches. But yeah. Northern Ireland does have an interfaith forum um, and obviously lots of different types of communities. So there's no reason why, you know, if you did have a, a Christian visitor in your school once a month, you could also have um, a member of the Buddhist community or you could have a member of the humanist community or you could have someone who's Muslim or Jewish, you know, and what a beautiful and then there's sort of authenticity in that as well yeah there is I think mm -hmm. because of our because growing up in Northern Ireland you know RE sort of was quite limited um but actually it wasn't until I, I I lived in France for a little while and then lived in London and it wasn't until I left Northern Ireland that I sort of really realized oh my goodness there's more to the world than just Catholics and Protestants this mm -hmm. is amazing um and how yeah sorry so that about sort of teachers maybe not really having the knowledge and understanding of different types of faiths and different backgrounds you know go authentic and get an actual member of that community in to talk to the children and, and share yeah. what it means to them to be from the Baha'i faith or to be um Sikh or something like that you know there's such a lovely world of opportunities out there yeah. and I think oh we're missing out on so much not and I don't so I don't know what schools aren't doing that again. Yeah, you know. I don't know what um, teacher training. I didn't do my teacher training here. I'm not a hundred percent sure with RE. You know, if if um, trainee teachers are exploring all other faiths, um, I know when I went to England for my teacher training, I really, honestly, was ashamed and embarrassed of how little I knew about mm. other faiths. I went to an integrated um, secondary school. If I did learn about other faiths, it was very limited. Yeah. Um, we spent an awful lot of time just celebrating our own differences. And, um, <laughs> I, you know, there was a lot in that. It was, you know, the 90s, there was a lot <laughs> in it. But, um, but, yeah, sorry, to go back to the point, I was so embarrassed in my RE that I didn't even know what the name of some of the special books were, where some of the books had to be held in the room and up mm -hmm. high and things mm -hmm. like that. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, I was so much. I, I didn't know how much I had to learn ahead of that. Yes. And my first year teaching practice was in a school that was a high percentage of um, EAL children and families and languages that I just was like, oh, okay, I have work to do. And that was yeah. my first time where I thought, you've got work to do. You can't you can't expect to to teach children if you don't realize that there's yeah. more to it. Yeah, I suppose because it's sort of it's quite abstract. Maybe if you're only reading books about it, but when you're actually in a classroom with children from a range of backgrounds, or you're in your PGCE and suddenly you're meeting um, people from all over the world, you know that really brings mm -hmm. it really drives it home. Actually, you yeah. know um, that we are a bit sheltered with our school with uh, the P sixes. So between two and three sometimes I would have went upstairs um to teach RE and uh, we were learning about a Muslim faith and I took a, a group of children to the mosque in Belfast so they could see it and um they learned all about you know when they entered the mosque what the practices were they heard about the book no mm -hmm. one there was asked to take part in any worship or to kneel and pray or or, or anything that the children perhaps mm -hmm. thought might happen 
it was a it was a tour it was yeah um you know yes they removed their shoes to go in because they were being asked to be respectful but yeah like I visited a mosque in Abu Dhabi and the first thing you do is cover up and take off your shoes you just do it because you want to be respectful but again no one's asking you to take part in it and I think there are a lot of myths around that that we need to to lift and to help parents and children understand that that's right as as you said earlier you're learning about something you're not learning that this is the only way or, or this is yes Katie so just what you were saying about teacher training there um, and my other voluntary work as a, a member of the humanist community in Northern Ireland um, it's been really amazing over the last couple of months that some of the teacher training colleges so Millis and Queen's and University of Ulster and Coleraine have actually invited um, humanists in to talk to the RE students about what it means to be a humanist um, and I know that lots of the students have recently visited a mosque and I think they were going to a synagogue as well so for me that was really exciting that actually the next generation of teachers currently being trained in Northern Ireland um, are are really learning about the the diverse range of people that we have here in Northern Ireland so that is that's fantastic yeah Yeah, it's so good and if any of those students are listening to this podcast and when I said I'm not sure what happens in teacher training I now I'm sure that you (laughs) are going out and learning much more than I ever learned at at that time in my life and if you have any hints or tips of um things resources or places we really should visit with our foundation stage um children please be sure to comment or send me a message so I can share that with other people because I bet there's a whole lot of us that aren't too sure Mm-hmm. where to look for resources where to go for um school trips for re or just learning experiences outside the classroom if there are any ideas about that we would love to hear them okay so laura if you don't mind i'd like to go on to chat about other festivities then so it comes to december the whole world has gone christmas mad there are some children who are feeling out of place because perhaps they are not joining in or perhaps they're a bit unsure of they're allowed to join in or not Mm -hmm. what what can we do in the classroom to offer them an inclusive learning experience but also to help them feel all the other things that december brings so the kindness the sharing the giving all those messages Mm -hmm. well obviously christmas is the christian festival in the month of december but the season itself has been celebrated for thousands of years before we started to celebrate Christmas. So centuries ago, they, the sort of the idea of Yuletide festivals um, and, and, and because in the Northern Hemisphere, obviously it gets dark really early. It's quite a dramatic change in the environment and in nature. And so the idea of gathering people together and bringing light into the dark. So maybe, well, it wouldn't have been electricity, obviously, like thousands of years ago, but, you know, bringing flames and candles um, into your your little homestead, um, eating and drinking and, and sort of, I guess, trying to get through the really the darkness and the harshness of our winters by eating, drinking and being merry. You know, it predates Christianity. So there's no reason why in the month of December, everyone can't celebrate the season. Yeah. Uh, and I actually, just last night, I was um, chatting to someone online and they mentioned that they were part of a like an acting, a storytelling troupe. And they had been celebrating this month for being International Tree Dressing Month. 
which I had oh, yeah. yeah I'd never heard of that but they basically got um parents and families and, and children together and they went up off into I think Glen Arm Forest and they told stories about the season and then they all decorated trees in the forest and I thought well there you go that's absolutely lovely and it doesn't it's nothing to do with religion actually it's just looking at what's around us and and yeah bringing a bit of light and color and joy and comfort um so I thought there you go international tree dressing month is something that we can all celebrate sounds cool. in December. Yeah. sounds really nice yeah and just on your candle lights and bringing lights in like there's so much scope there for your forest girls making shelters bringing in wee tea lights mm-hmm. all that could be brought into it also sorry to bring up England again but um, the <laughs> curriculum there was um, for autumn turn it was festival of lights so you had um, around the end of December they had Christingle services with the orange and the candle in it oh, yeah. but before that we had had Hanukkah with the candles set out and before that we'd have Diwali with the diva pots and the wee candles and so if you did want to go down the the lights and celebrate in lights, mm-hmm. there are so many festivals. I probably haven't named them all that happen in the autumn term, but there are so many festivals that use light in the same way. So the message of light is yes. pretty similar in each in each faith, and it's a nice link. It really is. It's lovely. Um, I mean, I I love the way you said. Sorry to bring up England again. I feel like I do that all the time as well. I was like, well, but I think London. it's because it's. It's just such a comparison that there are a few things that I find that are really easy to compare. Phonics teaching is one. Mm-hmm. Continuous provision is another. Uh-huh. And RE, RE for me, it, it's just so different. It's so the approach is different. so different. Yeah, it's hard to sort of navigate that. So, yeah, I do I do bring it up a lot. <laughs> yeah, me too. Really such force. But I'm, I'm, do you know what? I'm hoping that anyone, I'm sure there's loads of teachers here, that have trained in England or lived in England or worked in England and come home and, and feel the same way. So yeah, hopefully they're listening to this going, oh, I feel reassured. <laughs> um, but yeah, in London, we we sort of took the idea of the night sky as a bit of a December, November, December, not topic, but sort of thread that tied everything together. Uh-huh. Um, and so we were able to, you know, when we were doing the nativity and we were able to dress children up as twinkly stars and sing songs about the star of Bethlehem what that sort of had started off as previously had been you know just teaching the children about the stars in the sky and then you know in a child-led way then they took that and and ran with it sort of thing so I remember one year having um the most amazing space station role play that the children had you know I mean it looked a complete mess because they had just fired tin foil and cotton wool and, and everything at it but there was so much learning that came out of it um, and at one point one of the children I mean she was only five so I don't know if she should have been watching Doctor Who or not but anyway she did and she loved it and so she was all about then oh the night sky oh Doctor Who and she actually initiated building a TARDIS so she built this TARDIS in our classroom that was there for the month of December and all the children loved that as well So that's one of the brilliant things about early years and foundation stage is planting those little seeds and then seeing what the children do with them. Um, But yeah, the night sky and and yeah, led really nicely into the nativity. Can I just share that? That's how I introduced the nativity this year. So we were doing Little People, Big Dreams and a range of those books 
Love it. Um, that was my topic. This instead, it was like a combination of when I grow up and people that help us kind of together because we're a composite. So that's what I did. And um, alongside Greta Thunberg and Rosa Parks and yeah, so we had we well we had Stephen Hawking and the children were supposed to learn that never to give up and um as long as their mind works they could still be learning and things like that anyway that's how i introduced it so we were looking at stephen Hawking and what he discovered in the night sky and black holes and all these things then we looked at some stars and then i was like oh do you know this other story it talks about (laughs) a really important star and they're like guessing all these i was like no 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 this one is really important to feel and that's how we went into it but oh, I, brilliant yeah I loved that this year instead of just saying okay it's time for RE I, I didn't mean to do it that way it just happened because uh-huh. they were so fixated on all these stars and the pictures and the book was beautiful I don't know if you've seen those books but I've got the children, that one yes I'm looking oh, at it the they book. just love it and uh, they were like just pointing things out and it was really organic and it just kind of came out of their discussion and so that's how we started the nativity and they're all convinced that they have also seen that special star (laughs) (laughs) and so they've been doing some stargazing this week anyway so yeah apparently that star's still around see babies do a lovely stargazing it's probably quite old now actually but um, Uh they did a lovely little series about stargazing so yeah we would often watch that as well just writing that down (laughs) it's really sweet Okay, so Yuletide, tree mm-hmm. dressing, anything else for festivities? Yeah, we said anything to do with um, lights. And uh, one lovely thing that um, used to happen in our community every year was a lantern parade. So Aww. where we were in London, we were, it was in the, the East End. So it was this really, you know, sort of, you were part of the financial city. You were also part of the Bangladeshi community. You, there were also art students and artists everywhere you know it was it was sort of do you know Shoreditch at all yeah yeah okay so, it was, so it's like a really cool place to live <laughs> it was so cool it was just brilliant and there were so yeah. many different influences and so many different opportunities because on the one hand the, the big global businesses and corporations would say oh we have a you know like a social commitment to fulfill could we come in and work with your children could we offer you free tickets to the the theater every year and then at the same time, you would get local artists saying, oh, we really want to give back to the community. Can we come in and do some arts with you? You know, mm-hmm. just so many opportunities. Um, artists would hold these sort of workshops where they would teach families how to create a lantern. And so the families would all go together and do these workshops. And then at the end of a, a few weeks after they decorated them, they would hold a lantern parade all the way around the local area. And it was just so beautiful. And you didn't have, you know, open to anyone. You, there were no That's conditions so nice. to it at all. Um, and I think that would be absolutely lovely. Imagine in your school, getting your getting all the, the families in and saying, right, we're going to do this together. And at the end of this little workshop, we're going to have a parade, even if it was just around the playground, you know, mm-hmm. something really beautiful that everyone... You could do it after you know. school, like four o'clock. It's dark yeah, in the end dark. of the same mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so nice. Yeah, because like today ours did the the daily mile, the Santa run or something oh, like yeah. that. But we could wait. We could have waited a week and done it after school. You know, if you weren't doing an activity or something like that, or or as even if you were, you just could also you know yeah, this could be. Were, but you wanted something that was open to everybody. Oh, I really love that. That's mm-hmm. nice. Really okay, so you'll see that like next year. <laughs> yeah, next year <laughs> have it in. 
Okay, so we're going to do this lantern walk. (laughs) I love it. No, I really do. So in the classroom, if we're thinking about um, play ideas, if we're thinking about other themes in December that you can explore through play, maybe we could explore giving. Um, Do you have any ideas about that? Yes, I suppose um, in the winter and especially at Christmas time, people feel, I don't know, maybe feel more inclined to be charitable. And so while it's important throughout the year, every day of the year to be kind, um, I suppose this is another good opportunity to, to another teachable moment, as I think you said earlier. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of different ways to explore that. Um, I suppose maybe if you were particularly in, if you were an arts and craftsy sort of teacher, um, you could maybe set up a little card making station and actually instead of children taking the cards home you send them to a local care home or something so you're sort of teaching children that you know not everyone some people are on their own or some people aren't able to celebrate or some people might not be with their family this Christmas let's think about them you know just broadening that little world view beyond the family home mm-hmm. um, it would be quite nice there's quite a lot about this season that's quite capitalist and corporate and materialistic um, and so I'm not really one for going on about toys and, and what are you getting what are you getting what are you getting mm-hmm. um, and maybe instead asking children to think about giving you know let's make something to give to someone else or oh, and that's where pads and pdmu can come into it because there's this lovely story and it's all about a box of love so the children use a, a 3d net to build up their own wee box and they design it and everything and the story that goes along with them is all about what you're putting inside this box it's it's nothing that's bought it's your love and you leave it in below your christmas tree or if you don't have a christmas tree you can leave it somewhere for someone special in your house like as a surprise for them to find and when they open it up they might think at first that there, there's nothing in there but when you explain to them it's a box of love I mean if I got that as a parent I would weep <laughs> <laughs> but those kind of things like doing things for others like um you know maybe you could have a a list of um kindness activities or one of the teachers in my school had a, a kindness bingo on her wall mm-hmm. So other things that they could do That's um, for each other. Uh, my class did, well, now it was for Auntie Bullion Week, but we did secret cards for each other with compliments in and things like that that went around and everybody had a, a secret person and they had to hold that secret from the morning all the way until 10 to 2. Oh my goodness, they were, did they manage it? <laughs> they did. But only, I think they only managed it because everybody was doing it. If everybody hadn't been, then, you know, it, it wouldn't have been kept away. But watching them burst into tell, and, you know, they were colouring in their card and writing their comp- and they were looking over at the person, but then when the person looked at them, they'd quickly dart their eyes somewhere else. It was very cute. I took so many adorable. videos of it to show their parents because it was just so nice. But, again, that you know, you could have um, your RE teaching that week could be all about given and you can have some mm-hmm. as- aspects of christian faith you could some aspects of santa and santa claus around the world or given around the world and then the learning all about when you give somebody it it, it means you love them and, and explore feelings and relationships and everything from there so mm-hmm. there's loads that can come from it and definitely in the secular end of things that the children don't always necessarily need to 
to hear it in just one form. They can hear the message in many different ways and from yeah. many different stories. Yeah, and that yeah, that it doesn't kindness doesn't come just from being a Christian. You know, uh -huh. yeah, every, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone has capacity to be kind. Um, our school is doing. We did it last year, and it was really fun. We're doing it again this year. Um, an online advent calendar, and so oh, each person wow. in the school is recording something, a song or a poem, or uh, read a teacher reading a story. Um, and it all goes up onto the school website, and then each day, the whole school in their obviously in their bubbles and in their individual classes. Um, opens the door and watches what's on that day so even without being able to get together for assembly there's still that wee sense of community you know and the everyone working together and sharing with each other not not sharing something physical I suppose but you know we've recorded this because we want you to watch it and yeah. enjoy it and have fun with it and uh -huh. have fun yeah that's so lovely yeah it's really nice um when it comes to play in your in nursery at the minute or in the classroom so today one of the tough trays I set up before I came home was um I'd drawn a Christmas tree in the middle of it and I'd put glitter to one side that they're gonna have to somehow maneuver over and there's buttons and all sorts of stuff that they can decorate this tree with I also have a sorry some natural resources some blankets there's fairy lights there's a, a little book box for them to make those wee dens I was talking about in below their tables to go uh -huh. in and, and read together in there then I didn't make a post box uh, post office this year usually we would do a post office because the P12s usually take over the whole school postal system that happens <laughs> with the cards but we're not doing it this year and I didn't want to point that out too much by making a post office that we're not really using so I've just put loads of um cards envelope just plain everything's plain you know so it's up to them if they want to make a Christmas card or if they want to make just a, a friendship card again Lovely. so I've really tried today because I knew I was talking to you tonight to try and think of things that there's a hint of Christmas in there but it's quite um I'm trying to leave it open-ended so they can access all those things and yes. think how would I like to celebrate or how would I like to but I I do realize I'm talking about four and five year olds here but I still I still do think that they should have a choice in what they're making and 100%. the resources available. Yeah, I mean, that's for me, that's just good early years practice anyway, whether it's Christmas or not, you know, that actually there's resources there, but it's entirely up to you, dear child, um, how you wish to use them. You know, it's so much mm -hmm. more meaningful and exciting <clears throat> to watch as a teacher than going, you know, the classic, everybody's making a reindeer card and this is what it's going to look like and <laughs> yeah. it's going to be perfect you know uh -huh. I'd just rather get I mean my child isn't really interested in arts and crafts so occasionally the nursery will give me something home you know but they're like uh -huh. we're not going to force him to do it if he doesn't want to it's fine but everything that does come home is very much it's very clear that it has not been adult-led at all it's entirely his yeah ethics. and I it's so much more meaningful as a parent to see that you know and so much more exciting as a teacher to watch it happening well we have um in the past we've had like winter things out and they've made penguins or whatever and yeah sometimes I would have a template out <laughs> I've tried <gasps> I've tried is. to come away from, I know I know and I've tried to come away from it more and more sometimes it's just like oh does anyone want to try and make this and I was trying to help but yeah yeah also, I think you can definitely I have put out like here's something I've made you know like I've maybe I've made a reindeer card or something and I've set it on the table as a 
stimulation or an inspiration yeah. or a, a provocation I think is the the buzzword um, oh, provocation oh usually I have to have a disclaimer that's like mine is rubbish but yours will be way better <laughs> does anybody want to because um there is no art in me at all but um <laughs> my point was like I try and make sure that even though we're in the nativity and yes during RE we might have um some nativity scenes and retelling of the story mm. or we might have some wee camels to cut out and or maybe we'll have some presents and we'll try and learn how to say all those really hard words like frankincense and things like yeah, that uh-huh. those things are available but it's usually in RE time but um through play I would rather it was open to how they wanted to access it because I feel myself that that's making children feel included and mm-hmm. that like you said they might not want to make a reindeer card they can make any card you know yeah. um so in my class I just wanted to be clear there is a mix of both but usually if it's something that I think that they're going to learn more about a faith from uh-huh. that I would usually do that in a in a timetable kind of slot this is my RE teaching and this is what I'm gonna be doing it's sort of you're making me think because I suppose like so ideally of course in the early years and in the foundation stage you know if you would teach something or or set something up and then what you really want to see is children sort of applying that learning independently in their play Mm -hmm. um in their choosing time or their their yeah their choosing time so actually, why should the nativity be any different, you know, mm-hmm. um, that you should be able to teach the children, oh, this is this story and it's meaningful to Christians um, and it's something we're all going to learn about. And then actually, if I don't know if my child then thought, you know what, actually, in my choosing time, I, I want to get some little figures and role play Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem on a donkey. Mm-hmm. That should be fine. The opportunity should be there for him to do that and to explore that learning and to extend that learning. Yeah. But I think that yeah, it should be. Yeah. The difference is, though, that can't be that for me, that can't be the only thing or it shouldn't be the only thing that my child or any child learns about faith or um, religion. Actually, I also want my child to be taught about Rama and Sita at Diwali and yes. then also have the resources and the opportunity to go and retell that story or incorporate aspects of that story Mm -hmm. in his play um so I think it's about the what other opportunities are are there equal opportunities for children to learn about and explore lots of stories from culture and religion or is it really just the nativity is the important one so that's the only one they learn about you know it's Mm -hmm. the quality of opportunity to learn so really what we're calling for here is a, a bit of an overhaul of RE in Northern Ireland. Yes, in that, in that the, the same amount of time and um, exploration is given to creation stories from different faiths. And, um, and also the Big Bang Theory because that's what, yeah. you can't ignore that one either. Not yeah. the creation story as such, but you know. Mm-hmm. And definitely like things like in in my small world, we just this summer bought peg dolls that mm-hmm. are just plain. There's nothing on them at all. And I never have once painted them. I've seen lovely painted ones and all that or or some where people have painted different colour of skin on their faces and then different dress. Uh-huh. But I just wanted to keep it just plain and they can imagine that person, that peg doll, as any thing they wanted to you know Uh and 
that has really helped when they're describing like who they're playing with or what their doll looks like so that their friend knows what their doll looks like yeah I just love it you know because they are they think quite diversely you know I think there's um, an opportunity there as well um, you know for example if they haven't been exposed to real people who aren't just white and from you know born and bred in Belfast yeah um, then that will their 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 worldview will be very narrow and maybe even if the doll is plain they won't be able to imagine anything else but what they yeah know so so, so it's representation if you don't have other... that, yeah if you don't have that um diversity in your classroom then you know it's about making sure that you choose really diverse picture books and story books and that you choose lovely resources online featuring all the different people yeah. that we have in our world so that uh-huh. then actually you're they might have that wee ability to imagine some someone different from themselves I know I've used those little people big dreams books and I would use CBBs and for videos and that and they, and they would have um quite a diverse mix of people on there but yeah I suppose I've never really considered if they could imagine Mm. somebody else you know I mean we've got like a diverse community in school we do we do but um I've never thought like yeah it's definitely something to think about you can't be what you can't see okay so going back to um any takeaway points we have then so so far we have nativity is not the only way that we can explore the arts for foundation stage even at this time of the year, that there are other productions we could put on, whether it's a nativity or just a Christmas performance that can include everybody. The children will still get to enjoy singing and dancing, which you are mm-hmm. um, very up for them to have a go at. Yep. Um, we've got, um, if the children are opting out of assembly or RE or the nativity itself, maybe they could have another adult to play with them to learn about something else to maybe hear what the other children are learning about and tell them why it's important to those who need that faith mm-hmm. um, we've got other festivities like the tree dressing and the stargazing idea of warmth and giving and sharing then setting up your classroom in a way that even if the children have learned about a story in RE or maybe they have other influences in December that they can explore giving and love and relationships and all sorts of things through different play activities in your classroom. And the activities don't always need to be religious. If you're thinking about Christmas, they can have secular activities out. You know, who doesn't love a reindeer card, Laura? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so just going back to something you said at the very beginning, and I touched on a little bit too, just the relationship that we have with parents. Mm -hmm. And you had mentioned something about trust. Yeah, so I think that really it, it, the best practice is to not make assumptions. So not to assume that everyone in your class is Christian because that's just not realistic anymore in the Northern Ireland that we currently live in. Um, and so once you're starting from that point, then you're being reflective and looking at actually is your practice inclusive and how is it inclusive? How are you showing the children, all of the children in your class, that they are valued and that they're family background is valued and celebrated. Um, And then linked to that, I suppose, is the relationship with families. Um, So for those families who will withdraw their child, um, actually, could you have a conversation with them and say, this is what we're gonna do. We are gonna do a nativity show, but we will not be praying. We'll not be sort of praising, you know, it won't be religious instruction. It's just the retelling 
of a story um, and, and, and build up that trust and that communication with families. You know, if that is actually what you're doing, I guess there'd be some people listening to this who will think, no, the nativity is, is about the birth of Jesus and God's love, you know, and for them, that's that's true. And, and that's what their school does. Yeah, it's so, about school policy, I suppose. About school yeah. policy, mm-hmm. yeah. But if you have an opportunity to to do something that is inclusive, you know, tell the families that, be proactive and, and, and talk to them and tell them and get their views and, um, you know, hopefully then everyone can take part in something and, and can celebrate the togetherness of the season that, as we've said, you know, predates Christmas and goes back to the very beginning of, of humankind, that um, instinct to gather and be together. Oh, yeah. And also, just on that, I just would like to mention that that some people might not have a faith at all and are non-religious, and that doesn't mean they're anti-religious in any way, but yeah. those families need the same respect. Just because they're saying, I don't have a faith, doesn't mean that they don't deserve the same respect as the, the other faiths in the classroom. And it's no one's job to try and find them a faith, or yeah. we really need to make sure that our children don't believe it's their job to find them a faith. And yeah. I was saying to you, you know, like my own son was told, you know, he's going to hell because he doesn't believe in God. And the boy that told him is is one of his best friends and oh. was truly trying to help him. Um, yeah. You know, and I have a lot of work there to do with my own family on, on how to make him feel OK in that situation. But yes. his friend was coming from pure friendship. He He wanted him to know. This will yeah. happen. He's worried so, about him, probably. Yeah, and he and he wants to make sure that he's okay, and yeah. and that's totally where it was coming from. It wasn't a a nasty comment to him. He just really doesn't want that to happen to him. So, and it's that it's because of that lack of understanding. Because if you grow up in, I don't want to offend anybody by saying that people are sheltered again, but you know, if you if you sort of grow up thinking or only knowing about one thing then anything that's different to that is going to be a worry um, or maybe even a threat, you know, so it's why we, and look, and as a humanist, um, you know, I'm a member of Humanists UK, the sort of national charity for humanists and uh, and non-religious people. And their, their policy is, uh, yes, we do want religious education in schools. Now they'd like it to be renamed to something more inclusive, like um, religion and worldviews or, I think in some schools in England, it's religion, philosophy and ethics, you know, mm-hmm. but actually it's so important for children to learn about that broad range of different viewpoints so that we can, so that there's never an instance where a young child is being told you're going to go to hell um, by anyone, because actually everyone should be able to understand we don't all believe the same thing and that's okay. You don't have to worry about anyone else as long as you're not doing anyone any harm. Mm-hmm. Um, all views are are valid and, and all people should be celebrated, you know, not worried about. So, yeah, just to, to reaffirm as well that in no way in this podcast are we calling for Ari to be banned from schools. We just, well, I personally, yeah, would just love it to be inclusive and broad and, and wide-ranging. I think if, if it's not in school then how would they, children ever have their chance to hear about all these lovely stories from all these other faiths? Like, if they if they don't, they won't know to then read more on it or find out more on it or watch CBBS about it, you know? Exactly, or how um, to understand where people are coming from, you mm-hmm. know, in, in later life, actually. Yeah, 
you know, whenever you're out in the world and you're working or you're meeting different types of people. You go to teacher training in another country and realize, yeah. whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so totally. If, it, if it's not in schools, then how would anyone ever have the chance to learn what makes them different, what makes them unique, mm-hmm. what's special to one person doesn't have to be special to you, but, you know, it's about respect and that, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Laura, I think we'll end it there. Um, thank you so, so much for your time and your thoughts and your views and your cool ideas about dressing trees up and, <laughs> and bringing in uh, the, the lantern parade. Like, all I can think is now next December and the lantern period. Yeah, let's do it. Let's revolutionise the month of December with lanterns. Well, I just, yeah, I just love it. Like, imagine you lived in Derby or someone like that, you know, Lady with a Lamp, and you were doing Florence Nightingale, and then you had that. Oh. It would be so good, wouldn't it? Nice, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, maybe we could plan that another day. <laughs> <laughs> but, Laura, thank you so much. I'm going to end the podcast now. Thank you for, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks, bye. Bye.